Endless Hustle presented by Olipop, a new kind of soda that swaps processed sugar for plant-based ingredients that are good for your gut. The fastest growing functional beverage in America, Olipop tastes just like the soda you grew up on, but with 95% less sugar. Get $5 off your first purchase with code ENDLESS. I fought a good fight. I finished my football race. And after 18 years, it's time. Basketball players, we're really supposed to shut up and dribble, but I'm glad, I'm glad we do a little bit more than that. Eventually, every ball Our will go flat. Our second guest today is none other than one like of my all-time ESPN what favorites will you do and when a game sports is over? center icon, Kenny Mayne, who absolutely took over the social media stratosphere when he announced that he was leaving SportsCenter. So here's an amazing story and why we're having this hello, interview hello, today. Hello, hello, hello. Episode 74 of Bro Bible's Endless Hustle. I am your host, Arthur Cade. Welcome back as always, Endless Hustlers. We've got an absolutely jam-packed episode for you. A little bit of everything. We're talking acting. We're talking brand partnerships. We're talking fitness and nutrition. We're covering the gamut. It's an incredible triple header ahead. First up, we have a guy who's been in our lives for a long time, an incredible actor turned now social media personality, still acting, by the way, and very successful with it. Filmmaker, one of my all-time favorites, Michael Rappaport. Loved him in higher learning, of course, true romance. Now he's on Netflix's Atypical, which is returning for its final season. But of course, Michael has been in our homes forever. His social media, he's everywhere. And we talked all about that. I think you guys are going to absolutely love this interview. We dove into Michael's career, his favorite filmmakers, New York. We talked all about New York because I'm a New Yorker. He's a New Yorker and he's back in New York. So we got to cover it all. It was pretty awesome. Our next guest and this is a fascinating one. Kenny Maine, of course, ESPN and SportsCenter icon Kenny Maine just recently retired. And when he announced that he was leaving SportsCenter, he recently had tweeted that he was a huge fan of this soda company, this healthy soda company, Olipop. Well, Stephen Vigilante, who's also in this interview, who works for Olipop, reached out to Kenny Maine and they were able to strike this incredible brand partnership pretty much because of social media. So I wanted to have the two of them on to talk about the modern landscape of how you can put together a brand partnership and a marketing partnership via social media. And full disclosure, Endless Hustle is actually now working with Olipop. And I am over the moon about this partnership because I'm an enormous fan of Olipop. So I'm a, for those, and I don't want to get too much into it because I talk all about it in the interview, I'm a lifelong soda drinker. Soda is not so great for you, especially like the Cokes of the world. Well, Olipop has pretty much created healthy soda and it's plant-based and it's 95% less sugar. I'm a huge fan and so is Kenny Maine. They struck this brand partnership and we talk all about it. It's a fascinating story and I wanted to feature the two of them on Endless Hustle to talk about how something like this could come together. And then third, we're diving in with Dana Lynn Bailey and Rob Bailey, two of the biggest stars in the fitness and nutrition world. They're a husband and wife tandem that have built this incredible brand, millions and millions and millions of social media followers, brand partnerships, including Trifecta Nutrition, and uh, just a fascinating conversation because Fitness and nutrition is one of the fastest evolving and fastest growing genres out there. And Dana Lynn and Rob have just built an incredible brand for themselves. And we dive into it as well as their partnership with Trifecta Nutrition. So an incredibly loaded episode here on Endless Hustle. Let's kick it off with 
one of my all-time favorites, and he's returning for his final season of Atypical on Netflix, Michael Rappaport. Great day on The Endless Hustle as I'm chatting with one of my friends and one of the most unique voices in sports. I always love seeing your commentary, Michael Rappaport. And we're going to be talking also about final season of Atypical, your show. So congratulations on that. Let's start there. Final season. How do you say goodbye? Um, we say goodbye to uh, Atypical with a great season, with a very fulfilling, fulfilling season for the fans. Uh, it's an emotional uh, season. It's a fun season. And I think, um, you know, it, it's been a great run. It's not easy to keep a show on the air for four seasons. And we've done it. Um, it's sort of like the little show that could. And, um, you know, we go out, uh, I think we go out the way, uh, I think it'll be very satisfying to uh, the fans that have been with us. And I think it'll be very satisfying to the fans that are uh, new to the show that, uh, you know, have continued to watch Atypical. So I'm really proud of it. I'm sad that it's ending, uh, but I'm, uh, I'm glad that we got to go out on our, our own terms in a way. Saying goodbye is always tough. And I'm always curious when I talk to actors and actresses about those final few days on set. What's that actually like? It's weird. You know, it's weird, um, you know, when you know something's going to end. You know, being an actor, there's so much, um, you know, you're, you're, you're always at the mercy of what job is next, what uh, if the show is going to get picked up, if the show is going to get canceled. Um, it's, it's just part of our, our existence. You know, um, there's very few people that, you know, really can control when they work, when they want to work. Um, for the most part, you know, 95% of the actors, you know, you're you're at the the mercy of politics, you're at the mercy of casting directors, directors, producers. So I think we were really, um, we were glad it was over. We were sad it was over. Um, like I said, you know, we went into the season knowing that it, it was coming to an end. And I think that that's, um, unusual, especially with a small show like this. We didn't get canceled. Um, you know, we, you know, the show came to an end and I, and, and I think we were very, we were just glad to make it through safe. You know, we had to shoot during COVID. So it was crazy, um, uh, with all the protocols, but we, we had a great, uh, you know, crew and, and, and we banged through it and we, we got it done and it was a safe production. It was a fun production. And I think everybody, uh, is proud of the show. Um, I think that was the, the, the way we were kind of thinking at the, at the end. And, and also we were glad to get through without any COVID craziness because we were literally, literally shooting right in the middle of it. Dude, you've had this fascinating career. You've been doing this forever. And as a 43-year-old man, I feel like I've kind of grown up with you, <clears throat> watching you. But it's funny because to a new generation, you're more of a personality, a podcaster, a social media influencer, but to another personality, you're the dude from higher learning and so many other right. iconic projects. What are the ones that if you're walking the street, what do people say when they see Mike Rappaport? You know, to be honest, it's all over the place. When, when people speak to me on the street, it could be everything from atypical. It could be everything from uh, the I am Rappaport stereo podcast to friends to prison break. It, it's really kind of all over the place. And, and, you know, when people come up to me, I'm very, I try to be as gracious and appreciative because, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and, and I think I would, I'd have, I'd have bigger problems if nobody came up to me and said anything, uh, nothing to me. So 
you know, if they recognize me from, you know, a rant on social media, that's cool. Uh, if they recognize me from four episodes, episodes of Friends, that's cool. If they rec recognize me from Deep Blue Sea, that's cool. Um, as long as I'm being recognized, I, I think I'm doing something right. I, I, I don't, it's part of the job. You know, some people make a big deal of it. I have no problem with it. 99.9% um, .9 of the people are so excited and uh, 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 respectful. And, um, you know, it's just that I'm, I'm lucky to have it. You know what I love about you? And I was talking to Dana White a few weeks ago. I had him on the show. And similar to him, you guys are unabashedly yourselves. You don't give a fuck. You say whatever's on your mind, whatever is in the stratosphere you're going to put out there. You're so authentic. And I think that's why people connect to you. So when you're putting these messages out, I, I was dying to ask you this. Is there any thought or are you just like, let me turn on the camera and just run with this? Or is it scripted in your head? How does it all work? With, with the rants on social media, for the most part, it's really just a, a an impulsive thing. Um, and I think that's why they come off so emotional and so raw and and, um, and genuine. Um, you know, there's been times when, you know, I've, I've, I've pulled back or times when I think about things. But in regards to, um, it, it, you know, to be honest, it's really just kind of like something will strike me and boom, I just, you know, just pick up the, 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 the well, I don't pick it up. I have it in my hand. I, I, I just put the camera in front of my face and, uh, and, and go. And I think that's, you know, why it, it, they provoke such a, an emotional response uh, uh, from people. Uh, you know, it's fun. I didn't plan it. I didn't predict that this would be sort of another sort of part of my celebrity. It just is. And I don't shy away from articulating my feelings. You know, for the most part, there's even when it's the more serious topics, more political topics, you know, there is always jokes in there, but sometimes people get so um, caught up in the, 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 the topic that they missed the jokes. Cause I try to make everything self-effacing. I always, for the most part, I always try to make, you know, whatever rant I'm doing, even if it's about someone else, I try to poke fun at myself just to let people know that I'm aware. Like I'm not a crazy person on the street, although I know it could come off like a crazy person on the street. Do you ever get shit from the studios or the networks or they're just like, Michael, go be Michael. I haven't had any problems yet. I haven't had any problems yet. I haven't had any any, any issues yet. Um, there's been a couple of times people have called me and be like, "Yo, yo," you know, where they're kind of like, but I don't think I've crossed the line. And and I I'm a I'm a I'm a paid and trained professional, so I I think I'm all right. I want to talk to you about your Knicks. How much okay. fun did you have this season? Um, I think it was great. You know, the Knicks um superseded I think everybody's expectations uh, this season. Uh, I think. Uh, they were fun. Um, it was great to make the playoffs. It was disappointing to, uh, 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 you know, lose um, in such a dominant fashion to the Atlanta Hawks. But I, I knew the Atlanta was good. Obviously, didn't think that they would make it to the Eastern Conference Finals as they have. But I think the Knicks are on uh, the right track to um, continue to do very well. You know, they brought some integrity back to the Garden. They brought some excitement back to the fans. And I think uh, despite the fact, uh, you know, what some players in Brooklyn have said, you know, they've made uh, uh, coming to New York cool again, which I think is the most important thing. And I think in the next three to five years, you know, we'll, we'll really be, uh, um, I think it'll be even quicker. I mean, it could happen very quick in the NBA. It, it could happen very quick. 
Um, but I, I think next year we'll be better than we were this year. And this year we, the, we were the fourth seed. So I think we'll continue to grow. And I think that's all we could ask for because we were really at rock bottom for, for a minute there. They're one Zion away. I like to say they're one Zion away. They're one Zion away. It, it ain't an easy Zion to get, but, you know, uh, it would be cool if he came to New York. I couldn't stand Trey Young for the longest time. And then he comes into MSG. And listen, you come into MSG with that kind of swag and then back it up. That's gangster. Like, I can't hate on the guy. And now to see what he's doing this whole playoffs, I'm actually a huge Trey Young fan. Even though you're a lifelong Knicks fan, have you converted to actually liking Trey Young? Oh, no, I, I, I've always liked him. I liked him when he was in, in college. I liked him his rookie season. Um, I like I like players like that. You know, um, I like that he he's comfortable being uncomfortable. I like that he likes to shut the fans up. Um, I, I, I've always rocked with Trey Young. I, I, I've always, uh, you know, at this point, you know, uh, I, I would have him over Luka Doncic. You know, in my opinion, I think he's a better, um, I think he makes the people around him. Obviously, I think Luka's size, you know, he's 6'8", you know, is, is, is very important. But I think Luka thus far has been, it's all Luka ball. I haven't seen anybody really hold the basketball as much as he does maybe to like Michael Jordan, like his first couple of years. And I don't think it's conducive to winning basketball. It's fun when it's working. Um, but I think, you know, um, last year, you know, was the bubble and they made it out of the, the, the first round. But this year, I think, you know, they got exposed. And I think, you know, um, even LeBron James doesn't hold the ball as much as Luka. And I love Luka. I'm a f big fan is, but I think I would pick Trey Young if I could, if I could, uh, uh, you know, had a choice between the two of them right now, I would pick Trey Young over Luca. And again, I love Luca. Dude, I would have before this playoffs called you an insane human being. And then after watching these playoffs, whatever Trey brings, he's got that intangible it leadership quality that I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to war with that guy. I yep. love him. I agree. I agree. He he makes the people around him better. He's composed. He doesn't rush. You know, obviously he's not that big. So sometimes that's an issue, but he is flourishing during the playoffs and it's obviously a little bit more physical. And, uh, you know, I, I just love his attitude. I love that he just believes in himself and I love that he believes in his teammates. And, you know, it's a fun, you know, it's been a fun playoffs. It's, it's, you know, at one point, you know, on one side it's disappointing that obviously a lot of the stars that we're familiar with, uh, Steph and LeBron, and Kawhi is not playing, and there's injuries have sucked. But I think, you know, change is good. Growth is good. League needs new um, teams. They need new fans. They need new um, stars. And I think this is a great season for that. And, you know, next year, hopefully uh, more guys could stay healthy. But it's part of basketball. You know, it's, it's part of professional sports. So I, I, I've really been enjoying it. I really, really have been enjoying it. And, you know, I don't know. It, it, well, the other thing I'll post, you don't know what the hell is going to happen night after night. You do not know. There there hasn't been like, you know, just a team bashing through the West or a team bashing through the East. You just don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's the best thing about uh, uh, these NBA playoffs so far all across the board. So I was Twitter stalking you this morning. And I want to tell you, I fully agree with your response to KD on the Scottie Pippen drama. because He lost. He lost. Like, I don't know why. I've never seen a player get more credit for having you know, two good games. You lost one of them. You won one of them, and then the other one you lost. It's like, you know, this culture and, and this, you know, younger generation, you know, I think this is, you know, indicative of 
You know when there are these things, oh, if he made that, if he made that dunk, he would have bodied him. Oh, if he would have made that shot. He didn't make the shot. You know, that's always like a, like a thing that'll be the tr- um, trending. If he did this, he would have, this would have happened. He didn't though, you know, and it's like, well, if KD would have won, well, they did it. They didn't make it out of the, um, they didn't make it to the Eastern Conference um, finals. And, you know, if you want to be LeBron James, we've seen him do that time and time again. We've seen him win championships by himself. So yeah, it sucks that they got hurt, but that's karma. It is karma. The basketball gods don't want anybody getting any easy uh, road to the finals. They put together this team. Injuries suck. You never want to see anybody go down with injuries, but you talk like, it's like this dude thinks, you know, he can go on social media and nobody's going to say anything back. And the majority of them don't, but it's like, you're talking about Scottie Pippen. If, if you played in the nineties with the hand checking and the physicality, you know, all these guys would be great. I don't care if it's Steph, uh, Trey, um, all these guys, but it would be, you wouldn't be getting these 48 points, 39 points. It just wouldn't happen. It's not because they're so much better. It's because guys like Scottie Pippen, they could put their hands on you and a little twig like Kevin Durant, you know, disrespecting Scottie Pippen on, <clears throat> on social media is crazy. Like, yo, you lost go on vacation. Don't you have a girlfriend go on vacation, get a, a Manny Petty. Work on your toes. Maybe that's why your shoes were one size too big because you got like a toe issue. Your team lost. You weren't able to take them to the next level. The last shot of the season was an air ball. You lost. Go to Tahiti. Go to San Tropez. You're not the king of New York. The Brooklyn Nets didn't win. You might not ever win a championship. And I'm telling you right now, Kevin Durant will not retire as a Brooklyn Net. Mark my words. He will go somewhere else to ring chase. And, and you know, these guys, you know, they disrespect these, these older players and they feel like they're clapping back. I say keep going at them. Like he would, Scottie Pippen would make life really hard for him. I'm in 100% agreement. As a kid who played high school and college basketball, and who grew up watching the Bulls and Lakers of the 90s and the late 80s, people don't realize when you're talking Pippen, that dude, if he didn't play alongside Michael Jordan, is probably one of the greatest 15 to 20 players of all time. And he may still be in that category. And not only that, the most versatile player. And 6'9", 235, muscle everywhere, physical. And the problem is, Michael, this is the problem that this generation doesn't realize how good that generation was. No, they don't. They don't watch it. You know, they they watch these documentaries, but you've never seen, you know, the Utah Jazz and the Chicago Bulls on a random Tuesday night. You never saw the New York Knicks uh, uh, play the Indiana Pacers on, you know, a Sunday at 1 p.m. They didn't see it. And that's fine. We didn't see the, the generation before us. But to sit there and think you're going to troll Scottie Pippen and people are, you lost. You should be in the gym working on your game, working on your cardio because you ran out of steam. You ran out of steam and they go, well, you, you left it all on the floor. So did the Bucks, and they beat you. They fucking won. So I don't know what the big deal is about like, oh, you had two signature games and one of them you couldn't get, you couldn't win. And you ended your season with an air ball. You lost. Work on your craft. Don't worry about Scottie Pippen. You've made documentaries about New York before. So I wanted to ask you, what's one New York story you haven't touched yet as a filmmaker that if you could make, you would get behind it and put it together? That's a good question. If there's one New York story that I can make, I'd make my New York story. I I would make my, my sort of growing up on the Upper East Side of Manhattan 
and, you know, finding basketball and hip hop at 12 years old, at, 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 you know, at nine years old, and then at 12 years old, finding myself in Harlem and Brownsville, a uh, section of Brooklyn and how that, how that changed my life and how uh, it changed my friend's life and how uh, it informed me. And it was such an innocent sort of exploration uh, uh, going into uh, a, a, just a, a world that was just completely different than the way I grew up. It, it really, um, it really uh, in, influenced who I am today. And I think, you know, I think about it and I think, you know, I think it would be a fascinating story because, uh, you know, the way I grew up in New York City and, and, and you know, my sort of journey around New York City in the 70s, 80s and 90s was definitely unique. It, it was definitely unique. We're in this unique age. I live in the West Village. I'm in New York. And I remember New York during the time we were growing up and I see New York now. If you could go to a young person out there and be like, here's what the New York was that I grew up in versus the New York you're growing up in. What are those differences? Good question. The New York that I grew up in, you know, we got lost. We, we couldn't get Google Maps, you know, to, to you know, we got lost. We, 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 we took the wrong train, you know, we, we walked the wrong way. Um, you know, we, we, there was no phone to call anybody. Um, it was just a different time, you know, I mean, that, the world has changed, but you know, me and my wife were talking about the other day, like, you know, when you, you, you walk around now, you got Google, you, could, you don't get lost. There's something great about getting lost. You know, there's something great about thinking you're on 34th and Broadway and you, you're actually on, you know, 34th and 6th. And, 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 and you know, uh, uh, there's something frustrating about taking the wrong train and winding up in Brooklyn when you thought you were going up uptown. You know, that, 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 that kind of shit. It was just a, a more innocent time. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything growing up here in New York City at, at the time that I got to grow up. And, you know, I'm sure the people younger than us, they, they have their things that they think are dope. Um, but, you know, we'll always say our time was, was doper. And just like my father would say, you know, playing stickball on the street, you know, those old stories are, are fun, too. Uh, but I, I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, I, I've uh, moved back to New York um, full time now and, and I'm, I, I couldn't feel more comfortable and more at home and, and, and more excited to be uh, uh, back in New York. It's my natural habitat. Like I'm like a, uh, a pig in shit, you know, like it's like a, a polar bear um, needs to be in the snow. When you see those polar bears slide down those slow, snowy hills, when I leave my apartment and go in the streets, I am that polar bear. Uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Like, that's how I feel. And people in New York know that I'm a New Yorker and they talk to me like a New Yorker with a familiarity, and I love it. I want to talk to you about moving on from Atypical because anytime I talk to actors and actresses, this is a hard gig. You never yep. know when your next job's coming in. You just don't know. You could be unemployed for two years. Yep. When you, you obviously have other income streams coming in with the podcast and all the other stuff you do, but... As you know, Atypical is rapping. Is there ever a concern? Am I going to get another job? Or is it projects coming at you left and right? There's always concerns. There's always concerns for any actor. Um, whether you're, you know, when's your next job? What's your next job? Is it going to be? Is it going to be as good as the last one? Is it going to be, uh, 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 you know, and then, you know, okay, I got this job. What's going to be after that? It, it's just part of, it's part of the, 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 
the, the gig. It's part of the, the lifestyle is the unknowing. Um, as you get older and, and, and more confident, you, you, you know that you are going to continue to work. I know that I'm going to continue to work. Fortunately, I've never stopped working. Fortunately, I was able to go from atypical into this new Amy Schumer show called Life and Beth, which we're shooting now. Um, but, you know, that ends at a certain point. And then you're like, what, what the fuck is next? It, it, it's just part of the, the, the job. And it makes, for me, I will say, it makes the next job, you don't take it for granted. I've never gotten to the point where I take working for granted. I've never got to the point where I take my success uh, and good fortune for granted. And, 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 and there's always that true romance, Dick Ritchie character in me. You know, there's always that person in me. I got the part. I got the, that is still inside of me, whether it's, you know, atypical, whether it's the Amy Schumer show. Uh, I, I always have that, you know, 20, 20 year old kid who's, trying to get their first job. I think every actor has that. Every actor still has that, you know, because I think as actors, you know, it's especially, uh, uh, you know, successful ones, you know, there's a part of us that doesn't grow up, you know, uh, 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 and, uh, and there's, you know, there's things that you need to talk to your therapist about that. But um, I think that, um, you know, we, we will always have that sort of, you know, what's next and excitement about what's next. You touched on obviously true romance. One of my favorite movies, and I brought it up earlier, was Higher Learning. I love that movie growing up. What's kind of, if you were to kind of say there's a role that stands above all others throughout your career that kind of meant something different to you, what's that one role? You know, it's hard to pick one role. You know, true romance was great at that time. That character I related to, you know, the, the, Working on the Louis C.K. show, Louis, that part recently was very, very, very fun to do. Atypical has been fun to do. It's really not up to me because, you know, I've done some dog shit projects that I've had a great time on. It's really what fans like, what my family likes. And, 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 and it's not up to me because my perspective, as anybody else's perspective, uh, you know, when they're doing something is, is, is not going to be the same as the people that are enjoying it. I just... I love acting. Uh, I, I, I love, um, you know, my career. I love, you know, being an artist. You know, I, in the last couple of years, I've embraced even and acknowledged calling myself an artist. And I'm just proud to have been doing it this long. And, and I'm looking forward to the, 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 the rest of, uh, you know, what I have to give. By the way, do you know when a project is dog shit? Like, does, does it? I do. You really do? Yeah, I know. I know. How? Like, what are, what are the you boxes just, you check? There's just a, um, you know, when you do, here's the thing, when, when you're doing something good, you know when it's good, when you're making, when you're doing a scene, you, you, you know it's good, and I am aware when it's not good, um, and you try to fight your way out of it, you try to make it the best you can, but sometimes things are just not solvable, um, and, uh, you know, it could just be the morale, it could just be the the fucking script ain't good. It could be casting. It could just be a, a, a you know, a few different things. Um, but I'm, I am aware of it. I'm very aware of it. I want to talk to you about roles that you may have been up for that you didn't get. I always love asking actors, was there a role that you were up for that either you didn't get or passed on that you're like, shit, if this would have happened, wow. The only role that I, 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 I don't, I wasn't even up for it. <clears throat> the only role I wish I would have gotten to play 
you know, honestly, is the bear Jew in um, the Quentin Tarantino movie um, um, and Glorious Bastards. That's the only part that I feel like I was miscast by the, 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 the actor who played it. I can't remember his name. He's a director. You know, he, he he's Quentin Tarantino's friend. I put Quentin Tarantino on a pedestal, but that was my part. I would have done a better job than that guy. Um, it, it would have meant more to me. I'm full Jew. I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. I'm an actor. Um, and, and, and that's the only part that I wish I would have gotten to play that I would ever acknowledge and say publicly because it would have meant so much to me. It would have meant so much to my father. It would have meant so much to my, you know, my grandparents and, 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 and all my Jewish ancestors if I had gotten to play that part. I still love the film and like, and, and you know, no disrespect to, to, to the dude who played it, but I would have, I would have flipped it and freaked it better. So don't take this for gospel, but I think that dude was Eli Roth, Eli Roth, right? He's a director and, and he, he ain't an actor. And you, I mean, you could tell he wasn't an actor. He did a great job. I would have done a greater job. And, and again, I say that with zero disrespect and I adore uh, fawn over Quentin Tarantino. That is my dude. I love him. Um, you know, he's in a class by himself, but in my humble opinion, I think I would have done it better. As a filmmaker yourself, what makes Tarantino so great? I don't make films, so I want to understand, because I hear all the shit about, here's how you craft the shot and the story. I, I'll never, it's like, I play basketball, I can talk basketball. As a filmmaker, what makes that dude so special? He, you said checks every, he checks every box. The writing is impeccable, number one. The scripts are, when Quentin Tarantino has a new script out, everybody wants to read it. You just want to read it almost like a great book, and nobody reads books anymore, number one. Number two, the casting, except for Eli Roth and Glorious Bastards. Number three, the filmmaking, the lighting, the, 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 the pacing, the cinematography. <coughs> The storytelling, um, the understanding of tension. I mean, he's in a different, he's in an elite class, Quentin Tarantino. He, he's a natural born filmmaker. He intuitively understands it. He gets off on it. He um, is so, uh, as much as the fans love it, he probably loves doing his own movies more than anybody. And, and he's, one of a kind. He's generational talent. He's one of a kind. And, and uh, you know, he's he's a game changer. I, I just, you know, I'm a day one uh, screening one, Quentin Tarantino. When he has a movie, I go day one, noon, 1030, uh, 11. Uh, the last film uh, we went to go see early in the morning. Uh, we were in Miami. I was on vacation. We we're like, yo, we're going Friday and we're going first screening. And, you know, sometimes I have those those early screenings. Day one, uh, and you know, we're going early to go see the Hateful Eight. We went, uh, uh, and then uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hateful Eight was in Miami, screening one, uh, uh, day one, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, boom, day one, screening one. I just love him. Rank these in order Spielberg, Scorsese, Tarantino, Coppola. Scorsese, Tarantino, Spielberg, Spielberg Coppola. Yeah. My, no, I'm going Scorsese, Tarantino, Spielberg, Coppola. 
That's my order. Wow. Yeah. I, I take Scorsese one. That dude, that that guy, even at his age, still making films the way he's making. No one does it like him. No one. Yeah. Well, when I saw Goodfellas for the first time. I thought, I thought, shit, this is different. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's the best. He's the, I mean, you know, it's like saying, you know, it's not, it's not sports. So you can't go, you know, counting rings and all this stuff, but Scorsese is Scorsese and, and, and they're planets. Those guys, they're, 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 you can't even compare them. They're just planets into themselves. You know, you can't compare them, but I have to go Scorsese first uh, 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 and then Tarantino uh, next. And I think Quentin Tarantino would have no problem with that. Who's the one guy or girl you worked with? the best who was like the number one person you got to work with that blew your mind man that's a good question it's hard to pick number one i'll tell you something working with jennifer jason lee for four seasons on atypical was i love her she's always been one of my favorite actresses um so i would say that is definitely one um obviously de niro and 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 um you know harvey Keitel and sylvester stallone john travolta that those were cool a Woody Allen, that was exciting. Um, you know, uh, uh, those would be the, the 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 ones off the top of my head that I say, uh, you know, that I was like, you know, you know, really excited about. Dude, this has been awesome. Congratulations. Final season of Atypical. Great show. And it's a show, by the way, that touched a lot of people because of its subject yep. matter, which yep. in this day and age, listen, TV and movies are more important than ever because... So there's so much consumption now because yep. of our phones and tablets and all the other shit. So when you can make a piece of art that people actually give a shit about, yep. it makes it that much better. I feel like definitely, definitely. That was a real treat uh, uh, to have people have such an emotional response to it, a response to it. And it was something I didn't, didn't, and I won't take for granted. It was dope. And it was very, very humbling to be honest with you. The, the reaction from the fans wasn't just like, Oh, that's so show was fun. Like, you know, the conversations that I've had with fans and what it meant to them and what it meant to their family. You know, I remember their faces because I, I it was very emotional. So it was cool. And I'm looking forward to people uh, uh, starting to watch a typical uh, July 9th, season four. And, you know, my, the I am Rappaport stereo podcast is uh, available on luminary and worldwide. And I appreciate you having me, bro. This was awesome. You're welcome back. Anytime. Great. Anytime stuff. you want me, just let me know. I Don't love think it. Twice. I love it, Rap. You're the man. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. See you, brother. Thank you. All right, folks. That was, of course, Michael Rappaport. Make sure to check out the final season of Atypical on Netflix. And, of course, Michael's other projects, his podcast. He's always making films, and he's one of the best social media follows you're ever going to have. All right. Our next two guests, and I talked about this at the top of the episode, we're able to create this incredible brand partnership because of social media and talk about hitting it perfectly at the perfect time in the zeitgeist. Kenny Maine was retiring from SportsCenter, makes national news, pretty much says he loves Olipop. Steven Vigilante from Olipop, who's on this interview, reaches out to him and they strike this incredible brand partnership at the perfect time. Well, we're talking all about it during this interview, as well as Kenny saying goodbye to SportsCenter, his upcoming duties, because he's going to be uh, participating in the Olympics for Peacock. An incredible conversation. Kenny's one of my all-time favorites. But I think you guys are going to be absolutely riveted to hear about how a marketing partnership can come together in today's day and age. 
And this Olipop Kenny Main partnership is fascinating. So without further ado, here's Kenny Main and Steven Vigilante from Olipop. All right, it is a tasty and healthy day today on The Endless Hustle because I'm chatting with two guys who know a little bit about good soda, and I can definitely testify to that because I am a huge fan of Olipop. Kenny Main, famed sports anchor, of course, one of the big faces of ESPN, Stephen Vigilante from Olipop, and you guys have formed quite the partnership. Kenny, this is what you're doing in retirement from ESPN? We're pitching great soda. I love it. Well, I did it even before. I kind of knew I was going to leave. Like it, the writing was on the wall pretty much. And I got announced on what was it? May 10th. I think it was a Monday. And I went on Twitter and said, I'm leaving salary cap casualty. Just kind of like it's been fun. I'll miss the people and the vending machine. Uh, that was about all I said. And then um, I was on Lebitard's podcast and I name dropped Olipop. Cause I'm a user. I, I, we ordered it as one sitting at the door right now. Better be coming for free from here on out, by the way. Um, and <laughs> Olipop, uh, social media people apparently were listening to that show and they sent me a nice little note. Hey, thanks for the shout out. We want to send you a free case. And I was like, fuck free case. I want to make a commercial. Who's your guy. And that's this guy, Steven. And so I did, we talked that very night. I think I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, yeah. I, was standing, so I was standing right there. He was, he went on the Levitard show the day he announced on Twitter and it was minute one. First of all, it was the opening minute of the episode. Dan asked him what he's doing. He goes, I'm sitting in my kitchen, eating an omelet, drinking an Olipop. And I, like 10 people sent it to me. And it was one of those things where like people send me this kind of stuff all the time. And I, I don't always listen to it. And then someone was like, you need to listen to it. This is like really organic. And I was like, okay, fine. They listened to it and I was like, this is awesome. And I'm like Googling, how do you get in touch with Kenny Me? You said on the podcast, you're like, if someone hears this from Olipop, get at me. And I'm like Googling, I'm like, how do you, and I was like, Twitter, of course, what am I doing? So I hop on the Olipop account, tweet at him, jump in the DMs. And then he, he emails me his cell phone number. And I'm like, I'm like 30 years old. I grew up in New Jersey. I was like the biggest sports center guy in the world. I wanted to be a sports center anchor. You, I, I, there's something in my parents' house, they're just in Jersey, that said, I want to be a sports center anchor when I grew up. Kenny was like my idol. I'm like getting on the phone, I'm driving to dinner. This was now Thursday. So the tweet took a day and then whatever. So it's Thursday night. And we're like going at it on the phone. And he's like, tell me this whole story about drinking two Coca-Colas a day for 25 years. And I'm like, on the marketing side, you can't script something better than this, right? Like somebody who, who people listen to authentically reaching out, telling you a story about how you literally got them unaddicted to Coca-Cola. Um, and then for us as a brand, like, you know, we are a Whole Foods mom brand for the most part. And like really trying to reach like a more mainstream male audience, it's like, if you're a male age 30 to 55, you know who Kenny Mayne is. That's just fact. And so for us, it was like, this is like the most perfect thing ever. Now, granted, we don't have AT&T, you know, Ford budgets. So we had to work through like what that was going to look like. Um, but we turned an ad around in a month. We went exactly 28 days between the podcast and airing the ad on, on streaming services, which is unbelievable. Like well, that would take Coke or Pepsi 18 months to get. And the best part for me as somebody who, tries to make commercials is typically you get caught in the bureaucracy there's meetings there's you know decks i don't even know how to make a deck i i just pitched a commercial yesterday on a text about this long and said i can make it fancier if you need me to but i would hope you get the bit you know this is all you need so uh to his credit and i hope all my clients will be like him where 
hey, do you want to see no? Nah, just make it funny and stay, stick to that story and make sure to mention Olipop. And then the only requirement was at the very end, the little tagline about how to order it, drinkolipop.com. We did a bunch of versions of that that they could play with, but I didn't write anything. I didn't have, I just had a couple of friends who were my camera guys that I know if it worked or didn't work. And okay, that one sucked. Let's try this one. And I stood over there in the yard and, and we had pretty flowers behind it. And we had a wheelbarrow full of sugar to demonstrate the amount of sugar you typically are ingesting if you drink the other stuff. And I just did like 20 takes and I think you're going to use 10 of them or eight great. of them or whatever. Every, number yeah. every one of them is great. That's how I got to give a major shout out to our co-founder, David Lester. He's a British guy. He's a you know, big soccer fan, but like not like had no idea who Kenny was. And I called him and I was like, Hey, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like, can I run with this? And he, I gave him the, kind of the spiel and he was like, don't really know what you're talking about, but go for it. <laughs> and well, this, funny. this is why I wanted to talk to the both of you about this, because this is a modern day success story of how digital media brands and celebrity can all merge together through just happenstance. This type of situation didn't exist 15 years ago. And here we are talking over Zoom virtually from different cities in different parts of the country about how something like this came together. It's incredible. Well, for my money, I don't know why it can't happen more often that way. If not, it doesn't necessarily always have to be through Twitter or the name drop on a podcast, but I just don't get why smart people can't quickly get other borderline smart people. And, you know, here's my idea. What do you think? I like it. Let's do it. And I was like, are you you're serious? Because I remember saying to Stephen, like, okay, that's great. You just said that, but you realize I'm in SAG. You got to talk to my attorney. We have to, you know, like I, I have to be that official. It can't just be a phone call and I'm going to go hire people for however much they cost. But we made it official. I think you work with my guy who's also named as Steve. Um, I think we wrapped it up in less than a week. Days. Yeah, yeah. Was, we had a call Thursday. I think he, I, talk, I talked to him on Sunday. And then I don't know. I think we had something signed by Tuesday. It was yeah, crazy. And, I mean, it, this is what we, then, we talk about this as like a, a challenger brand too. It's like, this is the stuff we need to do to ever make a dent in the Coke and Pepsi's of the world. And it's like, we can do this. We can say yes and turn something around in a month, which is and unheard they, of. And they, even though it was, you know, I've done commercials with 250 people on set and walkie talkies and 70 people in the, what do they call it? Video village and please stick to the script, you know, people. And then I've done this one where I had, and I should mention DGA Productions out of Boston. They're the ones that, that made this all happen. They did the That's edits. Um, Aaron Fruitman, Mike Andrews, a whole bunch of guys were involved. And I trust those guys because I've worked with them before. So I directed it from my position in front of the camera because there wasn't much to direct. I'm just telling myself to say shit, right? And I would just check with my guys. That one worked, they'd nod or they'd laugh. I could feel them laughing at the good ones feel them not laughing at the bad ones and we stuck with the good ones and we just kept going. And then even weirder than this story, I went out to Seattle right after my last day at ESPN and I just needed some air. That's where I'm from. And I got my family. I went to Little League games. I played golf, hung out. And one day, uh, me and a guy named Jason Jobes, good friend, cameraman, um, works Monday Night Football and other things. And we've always said, if we ever think of something Let's just go shoot it, see what happens. Like maybe nothing happens. Maybe we had a fun day. We went out to a nice dinner at Tavolata, uh, second and Bell, if you're ever in Seattle. And we shot this stupid thing about miniature golf. I, I did commentary about little kids playing miniature golf. And I acted like it was the masters, right? Like 
you know, here's Rennie on four. She's in a very difficult spot right now. She's lies seven and she's still not teed off. She's one of the worst golfers I've ever seen. You know, I'm doing that kind of commentary, right? And then I interviewed them. So just for the hell of it, we put a one minute bit that you can find on Twitter with the cute little girl named Rennie. He sees it. As a big pairing of this, it'll be, it'll be on three million impressions or something. I think a Kardashian must have retweeted. I don't know what happened, but I've never done anything that got more attention than that. So I call Stephen back. Hey, I got another thing. It's not a commercial. It's just a stupid thing where I'm doing miniature golf. Would you like to attach your name to my Twitter, my Instagram, which has nobody following because I just joined? I don't even have a YouTube channel. Did you guys set that up yet? Set it up. We're, we're uploading everything today. And and it got attention and they're going to get their money's worth because we got four more to go. One's coming out Saturday, tomorrow. I don't know when this airs, but it's Saturday the 26th. It's going to come out and we hope it gets attention. And Olipop hopes it gets attention because their name's next to it. So there's another way to do stuff, right? Obviously, <laughs> Stephen, obviously coming off, you couldn't have captured Kenny at a better time. He obviously has this grand farewell with SportsCenter. Kenny, I know I've read both in interviews and just your op-ed with the LA Times where you talked about where you were hoping that only nine people may actually give a shit. But meanwhile, the whole world gave a shit because you've meant so much to all of us. So for you from a marketing side, Stephen, when you're able to capture someone who's at the zeitgeist of culture at the moment and build them into an emerging brand like Olipop, what type of impact does that actually have? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the, you can't ask for something more. I feel like it's like, it's, it's literally perfect. And for us, you know, we're in a point of scale where we just launched into, you know, we're in a thousand Kroger stores, which is the biggest grocery store chain in the country. Very mainstream. Shout out, free shout out Kroger. Free shout out Kroger Earn media. And um, we just launched a target in Seven Eleven, right? So we're kind of graduating out of the whole foods and the sprouts of the world where we do really well. And we're trying to reach this new audience. Right. Um, and you know, you're not going to do that with like the same wellness influencers we've been working with and like the same bachelor contestants we've been working with for the last two years, you're going to need to work with new people. It's TikTok. It's people like Kenny, it's athletes. You know, we've got JJ Reddick is an investor in, in Olipop and we're going to start getting him involved in things. And so, you know, timing could have been better, but you know, it's, it's also, it's like, you know, you gotta be paying attention. You gotta be able to move and, and, and capitalize on these things. I think honestly, most brands are like kind of sitting around hoping these things happen and then they're not kind of ready when, when they do. And we were, we were kind of ready to, ready to jump. The mini golf thing is also absolutely hilarious. I can't wait to put that. I'm not saying we're so smart. Some of it's just timing, but I, again, I don't understand why people are stuck in the conforming to you know the rigid way they've always done things and they can't think of a different way to do things when look how simple this was and i won't say the amount but it wasn't like he referenced it wasn't an at&t commercial right but i was happy with it i'd be happier if we do the super bowl ad that i'm about to pitch but um <laughs> or short of that do let's get the marshawn thing going um yeah shout out marshawn well, speaking of which, Kenny, obviously you had the Aaron Rodgers I, moment. Arthur, I didn't answer your question. It's our top performing Facebook ad <laughs> to, to give you an answer. Yeah, it's so like you're it's, happy. We are happy. Yeah. And we haven't even we're just starting to turn it on. The beauty of of the, the world now, and especially in a post COVID world where we as a beverage brand, where we weren't selling online before COVID. And then it went, you know, became 40 percent of our business overnight um, and it's still 40 percent of our business. It's held there. It's 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 performs very well we now have all these new capabilities that we didn't have and that most startup beverage brands have never figured out how to do, which is 
very, very intentional targeting online. And so we're going to be running, I actually just signed the IO yesterday. We're going to be running this ad on, we can actually serve this ad to anyone who's ever watched a Kenny Main show on a streaming app. So we'll be able to service people who've seen him on SportsCenter. We'll be able to run this on in the Olympics where he's, you know, announcing on behalf of NBC's streaming platform. Uh, we'll be able to do this, you know, very targeted to fans of golf on streaming services. And so it's like, not only are we, do we have this amazing piece of content, we know exactly who we're putting it in front of, which makes the whole thing perform better versus, you know, five years ago, you just make a piece of content, you kind of just throw it out to the world and hope somebody notices. Kenny, I want to talk to you about now that you've had time to reflect. Obviously, when you're in the moment and you're walking away and the world was saying goodbye and the reaction was incredible, that's awesome. But now that there's been some time to reflect and you're able to look back on that type of goodbye and the reaction that you got, what goes through your mind? Um, I truly, it was, I was felt blessed and everybody always used the word humble and it sounds like the wrong word because you should be full of yourself, but that's how you feel like undeserving. And, you know, it was pretty cool. Like, and the things that Marshawn said, so that's the one time I got a little choked up on the show. I can't remember the words exactly, but I was asking him about, isn't it, isn't it wrong how people mischaracterize you for so long? Cause I knew him in a different way from, from his rookie year and just know what a warm, funny guy he is. He's smart. He, you know, he, he's a great teammate. He's great in the community. He helps with kids in Oakland and Seattle and special Olympics and homeless people. And the list is too long. Right. So I knew him that way. Right. And these other people are writing about him like he's a jerk cause he won't do stupid conventional interviews. And he said something like, you were helpful in that regard. Like you said things about me that saw, got people to see me as a good guy. And that, that was like very touching, you know? So yeah, I I miss all the people. I'm still good friends with, you know, half the people at ESPN. I don't know everybody there, but the ones I know, like I don't really, I never had a bad issue with anybody there really. And so I miss the shows, they're fun to do. I miss the people, I'll still see some of them playing golf or somewhere at the coffee store, whatever. Um, but I don't miss, I like where I am at now better than where I was three weeks ago, I guess is the best way to put it. Steven, you had obviously mentioned Kenny's next gig with the Olympics and Peacock. How are you able to build Olipop into that and showcase his added exposure with the brand? Um, I, we're, we're working on the answer to that right now. Um, but don't have it quite fleshed out enough to get, we're talking to a number of different players, some of which are much larger than us that could in theory help foot a much larger bill <laughs> for an activation. So That's that we're, we're talking about, <laughs> we're not going to call them out. Talk to them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we're, I'm also talking to some other Olympic athletes about potentially getting involved. And um, the world is kind of our oyster right now. It's like, I, I, again, fitness is also very interesting for us. We haven't even touched on this, but Olipop is a, like a healthy alternative, or we call it a new kind of soda that's low in sugar, high in fiber, but tastes exactly like the sodas you grew up with. And so we've kind of hung out more or less in like the health and wellness world for the most part right now, but you know, tons of applications across. Anyone looking to like cut sugar out of their diet should be interested in this. And I have a guy, might as well brainstorm on the air here. I have a guy that has a deal with a bunch of the top athletes to market themselves in ways other than the conventional way. So we'll be talking after this. And they're not locked into Coke and Pepsi. It's usually the issue I run into. I feel like Kenny is the pitch master. He's already pitched a Super Bowl commercial during this interview, pitching agents relationships. 
you guys got to hire Kenny for Olipop just in terms of manage in terms of like executive level at this point. The one thing we missed that I think is actually even makes this whole story even more interesting. I have this whole theory that there's like this consortium of, I mean, it's not a theory. This is a fact. There's like, you know, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Kanye West, Kenny Mayne, John Lovett, Dax Shepard, like super celebs who are all addicted to Diet Coke. And they all talk amongst themselves. And we have a whole Bill Gates campaign we want to do next year. But Kenny actually originally heard us on Pod Save America, which uh, for those who don't know, is like the biggest, one of the biggest podcasts in the world. It's the most downloaded political podcast. We ended up actually sponsoring an episode that Joe Biden was on a week before the election and like broke our website. We did our biggest day of sales ever. And John Lovett, who is the main host of Pod Save America, is like a notorious Diet Coke drinker. And actually in the ad read went off script saying that he was no longer going to drink Diet Coke and was going to be drinking vintage cola Olipop, which I was like, okay, that's the best thing that's ever going to happen to us. But even better than that was Kenny heard that episode, texted John and was like, is this stuff legit? And side texted him and John was like, yeah, it is. I actually, because I, I shipped them, him and, and Ronan Farrow, um, you know, they're on an Olipop subscription that, as well. So. That story is mostly true. It wasn't the Biden episode. I listened to them all the time. If not them, Sarah Kenzie or Gaslit Nation, free shout out um you should get on her show um and andrea it wasn't the biden episode no i listen to them all the time so we I only did we only did two other we all, i think we only did two others it wasn't one was the biden. It was a different one because it was longer ago it was before it, that it was it was a week or two before that because i remember they was, they called then, us they had a spot open in the biden episode and they called us like the day before and gave us like I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, yes, done, go do it. But whatever episode it was, it was not love it. It was Dan Pfeiffer who I DM'd and said, hey, what's, ah. that, what's that drink you guys were talking about? I'm trying to quit the hardcore stuff. And he writes back Olipop. And I was like, what the fuck's Olipop? And, and Gretchen, my wife, who's a health nut, she just graduated in, in a, she's going to be doing health coaching now. Um, could do it for Olipop. I mean, if you guys need a, a full time. Get her on the influencer program. Gretchen. <laughs> Uh, so she starts get it, we get it at whole foods she started ordering it we li i could show you i could walk this around the house we have a case of it sitting at our front door we just didn't bring it in yet um it's drying out and we started drinking or i started drinking it and i started cheating about i don't know three times a week i would have the old brand i didn't mention their name i'm so over them but it had a lot of sugar that much i know and I would, like the other day, I went golfing and I just wanted a taste. They didn't have Olipop in the golf cart, of course. So I got some other brand and I had one sip and I just poured the whole rest of it out in front of John Buchagross to show him that I'm not into, and he's like, good for you, man. Good for you. You had one sip, you got your little fix, you got your little sugar taste, but I don't want to drink the other stuff. I want to, you know, drink healthier, live healthier. And Olipop is a better way. Uh, I did notice on one of your advertisements advertisements they say in england um five grams i was selling two some have two some have five which is it correct the cola has two almost all of them have two the, the orange and the um the orange and the cherry have five yeah so i i didn't lie we want to have truth in advertising i even said that's not a medical fact this isn't a medical commercial anyway so we we're not going to have the fcc coming after us or ftc anybody Gretchen Maine, she's been a subscriber since January 17th. Yeah, she's out. Loyal, loyal customer. Actually, she's probably, you guys are on a two-week plan, so you've gotten like almost probably more orders than 99% of our customers. Yeah, well, we're out of that game because we're looking for the big shipment. We, we've shifted to a sponsorship model.
Hey, Kenny, by the way, quick question I wanted to ask you. So obviously your former network, I can now say former network, acquired the rights to the NHL. And Gretzky is going to now be a commentator for Turner Sports. It was just announced Messier is going to be doing commentary for the NHL for ESPN. Advice to those two icons on actually how to do a good job. Um, watch what you sign up for and know what you're signing up for. That'd be the first piece of advice and enjoy the experience. It's they're going to do great stuff. I have no malice toward ESPN. Like they're going to continue to do great stuff. All my friends are there doing great stuff. And, uh, hopefully John Buchagross is, is a central figure in all that. He saved hockey individually. He has a website, uh, for college hockey he has this little trademark thing he did. And, and people have the Bucci overtime challenge, you know, whenever there's a game and a whole bunch of people are into hockey and into it, particularly because of the way he's, you know, kind of expressed, here's a, here's a cool way to follow hockey. Every time there's an overtime, let's all pick which guy's going to score, right? Or which girl, because he does girls hockey too, women's hockey. Um, so yeah, I'd say enjoy it, know what you're getting into and have fun. It should hockey to me. I like watching hockey. I don't know a lot about it because I didn't grow up with it. I grew up with football and basketball baseball, you know, the stick sports, balls and sticks. Um, but I enjoyed working with Barry Melrose, Levy and Linda Cohn and Bucci, all these people that really love hockey that really have it in their blood. I grew up with football. In fact, I, I oftentimes like hold it. It's like a pacifier. It's, it, I've done it all my life and it feels good just to, you know, it's like somebody else likes, I don't know, something else they like to, to have near them and it, it comforts you sort of. So oftentimes when I do an interview or a business meeting or whatever, it's just, they don't see me. I'm flipping the ball around like this and, and it feels good. Steven, before I let you guys go, we've been on a group text together with Kenny and you and I were talking about, he's just hilarious. Give me your best Kenny Main story from getting to know him so far. I don't know. I, I think it's like a kind of a, it's almost become a little party trick. I was with like my cousins the other night, older, and we were, I was back in New Jersey and I was, there, I was like telling them this whole story and they like, my cousin's like a massive sports fan. I'm like, let's get him on the horn and just like FaceTime. He's always down to like say hi to people and it's, I don't know. He's just a normal guy. He's a normal guy who happens to be very funny and happens to be I, on TV. But. I have felt a little bit like a uh, Olipop slut in that sense. Just <laughs> Kenny's on now. Hey, say hi to these people you don't know. Hey, everybody. Hi, I'm here. It's a party trick. No, yeah, it's, it's a, gr it's a great partnership. I have a good friend, Mark, in uh, eastern Montana, Mark Sansever, who, by the way, broke Babe Ruth's home run record in one summer of wiffle ball, so you know. Um, and he's done that, but in more as a joke, like, Hey, I'm talking about, you know, he's maybe saw me on TV and they're laughing about something and Hey, let's call him right now. You know, but I, I can care of what our advertising company brings to Olipop, that type of access. I mean, it's just, I'm getting texts from random people who like never gave a shit about us or don't maybe didn't even know who we are. And they're like, how the hell did you get Kenny Mayne involved? And that's where I know I'm like, all right, great. We're meet, we're reaching new people. Like this is working, <laughs> which is the most important part. But no, it's amazing. It's 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 perfect. It's a perfect partnership. It's, a, it's it is a you can't fake authenticity. That's the old, that's the thing with all this stuff. When I when I talk to influencers or talent or celebrities, it's like if I'm pitching them, it's never gonna work. It almost has to be like they have to reach out to us. They have to be posting about it already because those things just work better. Like it, it's if if you don't have to write a script, like we, there was no script. Kenny said the same thing. It's like telling a real story, people resonate with that. When you, once you get into scripts and briefs and it's all these big companies like fall on their faces because there's it's like very hard to be authentic. At well, that and, and honestly, like a real point on this, I really appreciated that there was no, I said, what are the must do's or the must haves we call them. 
And he said, just say the name right and make sure you get our website out. Other than that, be you, you know, like, like, man, could you get better direction from somebody you're working for? Like, like I've the only one and I'll, and this is not a competitor of yours, Duluth trading company, free shout out. Uh, I'm working with you guys. Call me up. Um, I did a bunch of commercials for them through ESPN, right? Like I was almost, I almost looked at the advertising at ESPN as my second job. Not almost I did. And I would constantly bug Carrie, who was in charge. Hey, I got an idea for this company. What about this? What about that? And oftentimes what I do is I have the joke or serious one. I got a couple of serious ones. I don't really care who it's for, but here's the, we'll get your name in there. Just buy the joke first, right? Like, why do we have to go back to the drawing board and do it just for them when we already have a really good premise that works really for anybody? Congratulations. Fantastic partnership with Olipop. Great story. I wanted to talk all about it. I think this is the, the modern day new technique of finding influencers and celebrities through marketing. And I really applaud you, Stephen, on being able to make this happen. It's a revolution. It's a revolution. Give me an Olipop forever, Kenny, before we go. Olipop forever, all day, Olipop. When he calls himself Ken Maine, that's like the best part of the whole thing. No, the only people, Gretchen and Aaron Rodgers are the only people who, and Gretchen's parents, Ken. Ken Maine. Ken Maine. Olipop. Former sports, former ESPN sportscaster. Current. Hey, I got a phone call too, so I have to hang up on you. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, later. Guys, didn't I tell you that was going to be incredibly fascinating? To me, the world that we're living in right now just blows my mind. You don't have to go through agencies anymore. It can literally be something like Kenny Maine saying, I like Olipop. And the next thing you know, Olipop is able to reach out to him and you have a deal. Incredible stuff. And again, I cannot stress this enough. We are so happy to be working with Olipop. For me, as a host and as a producer on Endless Hustle, Getting to work with brands and products that I absolutely am a fan of is the greatest thing in the world. And as a lifelong soda drinker, being able to work with a company that makes an incredible product that I absolutely adore that is also healthy for me is awesome. So make sure to check out Olipop, incredible, incredible stuff. Our final two guests of this episode, I'd mentioned this at the top, they are two of the biggest fitness and nutrition influencers out there. They've built an incredible brand for themselves, millions upon millions on social media. They are also brand ambassadors for Trifecta Nutrition, Dana Lynn Bailey and Rob Bailey. This is an incredible conversation about how you can essentially build your brand in one of the fastest emerging spaces in media and entertainment. And I also love talking to them all about their fitness and nutrition and their work with Trifecta. So here they are, Dana Lynn Bailey and Rob Bailey. All right, it's going to be a healthy day on the Endless Hustle today as I'm joined by one of the first couples of fitness, Dana Lynn Bailey and her husband, Rob Bailey. What a business and a brand you guys have built together. Congratulations. Let's talk about the brand that you guys have built. Tell me all about what you guys have been able to do together. Wow. Um, so we, uh, I guess I'll start. Um, so we've built a few brands together. Um, one brand, I guess, being Dana herself. Um, when we sort of stepped into fitness, um, I was doing a lot of graphic design, photography, videography, 
uh, as my real job. And then she wanted to become a fitness professional model. Something. Wanted to be on magazines. <laughs> she had that dream. And uh, the industry sort of didn't think she fit the mold of what they wanted to see. You know, they wanted, she had this, she has the same haircut, um, but she had like the short hair, her muscles were a little bit too big. And a lot of people said she wasn't marketable. So. Um, they were looking more for like a bikini model, yeah. which I'm definitely not a bikini model. <laughs> so uh, I sort of stepped into my role of being supporting husband and being her marketing team and her graphics team behind the scene launched her on social media and just support however I could. Uh, side by side with that, we launched a brand called Flag Nor Fail, um, No Surrender, No Failure, uh, a streetwear athletic brand um, that really just thrived on uh, limited quantities, hand printed, um, started out doing everything ourselves and it just, it exploded. Um, we were sort of one of the first independent streetwear uh, brands in the fitness space so we exploded pretty quick um and then it's just been sort of a wild ride since then since then we started supplement multiple lines. supplement <laughs> lines uh gyms um you know, website yeah dana's yeah. own site uh just a, a bunch of different without, yeah, <laughs> without going through every single business it's sort of like whatever interests us that month we started another business so we stay busy very and then Dana, you transitioned it into competitive bodybuilding. Uh, yeah, so um, I guess I, you could call it bodybuilding, but I, I competed in physique. So when I first started my fitness career, there was really only bikini, which is uh, just tits and ass pretty much is what it was at the time. Uh, there was bikini, there was figure, which is what I competed in fitness and bodybuilding. Bodybuilding was like, way too extreme. Um, so I started off in the figure category and I would do well on a local level, but as soon as I would get to the national level, I'd be dead last because I had too much muscle. I'd get marked down for having abs. Um, it was just really weird. Um, uh, after every show, the judges would tell me like, Hey, stop, stop training so heavy, do a little more cardio size down but I really enjoyed the style of training, which is heavy and hard. And I also enjoyed the way I looked. I, like, I liked bigger delts. I like having abs. I like having bigger legs. Um, and then they finally actually created a category for people that fit in that weird range where you were too big for figure, but too small for bodybuilding. And I actually became the first pro ever in history for the IFBB in the new category and then i actually uh, for first miss olympia too in that too i, I mean that's it that's incredible so essentially the way your partnership has been built is a model that we see in all industries when did you guys realize that something was happening that these different businesses and especially dana there was an explosion and a, and like we've mentioned the word brand now multiple times but a brand was actually it, it, it being built through this whole thing i mean i guess um well we we started going even when i was being placed dead last at shows uh we had a booth uh we were working for a company at the time and like a line would start to form and like why are they who are these people waiting for and they're like they're waiting to meet me <laughs> it was like i don't i don't really know what i'm doing but it was all 
like when we started YouTube, we started YouTube at the very beginning of YouTube and we just filmed us working out together. And I just always did everything pretty much opposite of what was supposed to happen, like how girls are supposed to lift, uh, how girls are supposed to dress in the gym. Like I'd be wearing big baggy sweatpants and like cut off tees. And girls at that time, it was like, the less clothes you wore, the more attention you got. So I was like, I'm wearing clothes and I was still getting attention. So Yeah, and I, I saw that. And, you know, my protective husband, supporting husband role was seeing her not get the recognition that I thought she deserved. So at all costs, um, I started freelancing to make more money so that during the weekends we could drive to these events. And I just... I knew if I got her in front of people and they would see her in real life and they would see her personality and we could capture like the lifestyle that she lived. And the more I got that content out there and the more that we got her in front of people that people would fall in love with her. And part of that's, I guess, a little crazy because I was in love with, I am in love with you. And I was like, I was like if, if people could just see this. So, you know, bought all the cameras and just started trying to get her out there as much as we could and it worked. Yeah. So when you started seeing the growth on social media and digital media, and I'm always curious about content creators and the mindset, how were you able to really put together a plan, almost like from a TV show perspective, to document and create everything that you guys wanted to put out there? I mean, there, at least for on the flag or fail standpoint, we were doing it because we had limited resources. So everything we did was because we didn't have the money to go like hire models or hire. So we did everything ourselves. So it happened to work <laughs> for our brand that way. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the keys that we took were just like brutal honesty. Um, so all of our struggles, it was, and, and it, I felt like the big brands weren't doing it. So we, so for her brand specifically and, 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 and the apparel lines, we were trying to figure out what do we have that big brands don't. And when, let me think, like Comcast makes a mistake, they don't admit it. You know, they cover it up and they try to send you to some black hole of emails. And I was like, well, why don't we just admit all of our mistakes? And the second something would go wrong, we could pick up the phone and we could either live stream it or whatever we wanted to do and say, hey, this was the mistake. Or... Dana could talk openly about, you know, not getting sponsorships and be very vulnerable. And it was a, right away, the way people connected with that honesty, it was like, oh, that's it. That's what we need to do. Let's just be as honest as possible. And then everyone else in our situation can relate with us. So with her, it was just, it was documenting the things that one that I love to see. So she, she dances in the gym. Her laugh <laughs> is like infectious. Very loud and cackly. You might have to turn your volume and, down. <laughs> and she likes to lift heavy. Sometimes her form is bad and like it, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's 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 showing two people having fun in the gym, showing her having fun in the gym. So and then also showing the vulnerability side of like competing. So yeah. a lot of times with competing, people would like phase it like they'd like hide from the internet because you didn't want to see what you look like before. But we showed every single day leading up to it most of the time like the last week I'm usually crying and it was showing like all the vulnerability like and people can relate oh like oh she's crying I cry too <laughs> like, just to show that like hey I'm a real person and like I'm not just this machine that like I'm struggling and this is how I get through it 
authenticity is such an enorm enormous part of what you guys are building. Were there ever moments, especially when you're going through the, hey, we can't get sponsors, maybe we're not getting the type of traffic we want. Were there ever moments where you thought, I don't want to put this out there. This is a little too raw, a little too painful. Or did you see that as opportunity where you wanted people to understand, here's what we're going through, just like you're probably going through it. So we've been married 13 years. Um, I think one of the reasons we've been married 13 years is we don't put anything between us out, you know? So, so I'd like to say like, oh, complete honesty, complete, you know, everything we share. And that's like the one thing that we haven't shared is if we're fighting and, and we never even talked about it, but if we're fighting or I'm mad at you or you're mad at me, we've never taken that to the internet. Um, we've always kept that between us and, and we work through it on our own and it's, it seems to have done us really well. As far as your struggles with competing, I, I mean, I think- I feel like I was pretty open with everything. Open. Um, we used to hold uh, what we called the Warhouse Gym Camps and we'd have like a hundred people, okay. hundred signups and that was like where I was like most brutally honest and we'd, we'd do the Q and A's and most women are very self-conscious um, and dealing with like all the negative flack that I get uh, of actually losing shows because it would be between me and another girl and the other girl would win because I don't have boobs. So I'm, I'm marked down for not having a chest. So talking about that and like, struggling through that and how it's like this up and down game. I feel like I've been pretty honest with at least my struggles all through competing. Uh, but yeah, just like relationship wise, like, I don't, I, I mean, we show our lives. We show, but, but yeah, if once again, like those but, little fights where. Oh yeah, we're not, I'm not gonna put that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like where are the car keys, babe? Yeah, exactly. Tape it, tape it. He can't find the car keys, I hate her. Uh, you blast me if I'm late, like. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> if I'm late getting ready. That's not real. I'm always like four minutes behind. Always. <laughs> I want to talk to you about eating because eating has to be such an enormous part of both your business and your personal life. How are you able to incorporate eating into what you're building and what are the effective techniques around it? I mean, first of all, I'd like to shout out Trifecta. Um, one of the hands down, probably the, the best things that you can do for yourself is be prepared. Um, having meals prepared for you at all times. And being that we work seven days a week, we don't have a whole lot of time to prepare our food. So taking that one thing out of the equation, uh, Trifecta sends us all of our food so we don't have to cook it. Um, you can go on and order exactly what you want. Uh, and then sh food shows up every single week. So that's one thing for us that has been such a blessing to have them involved in our lives. Cause I don't know, time is money. If I can spend less time in the kitchen, I can spend other times or doing things like hanging out with my dog. Like I would much rather do that than cook. So, and, and we hesitated for a long time for a very on food long services. Time. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, we always did the rough math in our head and thought, oh, it's so much cheaper to buy it bulk and cook it yourself. Um, 
But if you do the real math, if you do the real math and, and you factor in factor the time driving in. to the store, being at the store, buying at the store, you know, and then even my, the biggest thing for me is I'll for, I'll just forget. And when I forget to eat, I make really bad. And uh, <laughs> I think everyone does. Yeah, everyone does. Everyone and then does. To be working all day and realize it's four o'clock and I haven't eaten yet, instead of making a really bad decision, like I have meals ready. So it just it it. Anyone who I think who's operating at a pretty high level, real, you have a lot going on in your head. Everyone has a lot going on in your head. And I think that if you can just remove that one thing out of your head, it's it's so valuable and especially clean food that beautiful. Yeah. That changed our life. That, Absolutely changed. That was a life. game changer all around. So there are so many meal prep companies out there. Why Trifecta? Why was the why were they the ones that you decided to go with? So we were originally with. Uh, we thought about using Trifecta a long time ago, and we originally with another company. And the biggest problem with them is how inconsistent they were. Um, we actually, we actually like worked with a few different companies, mm -hmm. and, and the inconsistencies would destroy you because if you don't think to yourself, "I have to prep food this week," and then your food doesn't show up on Monday, your whole you need to we need to find an extra three hours in our week. Right. And uh, I actually had a conversation with. Greg, um, because a lot of times I, I communicate with people and, and don't let anyone talk to her, you know, I'm because I'm the guy you can sort of be mean, right? Like I can, you're the gatekeeper. I'm the nice one. Yeah. <laughs> so she can stay nice and I can, I can be the protective mean husband sometimes, but um, their plans. So I knew their food was good, but their plans on the backside of what the overall vision for the company is, um, was what really, really sold me. And the, the steps that they're trying to make. And I think like a lot of times- Getting into like hospitals and stuff. Like yeah, so much of every part of your health system, it all pertains to like diet. So like currently I'm, I was working through, I got diagnosed with Graves disease two years ago and I wasn't eating to actually make myself healthy. So they want to like be educating doctors because that should be like number one protocol. Like, I mean- is fix your diet because no matter what there's probably something in your diet that can help help you help yourself even i mean even their take on packaging um i mean owning businesses and always working through things like that their take on packaging it was the first time i ever saw something with shrink wraps shrink wrap. and i mean you lost the whole top plastic piece because that's something i've always felt guilty about which is how you, much trash how much trash yeah. it creates so i brought up that i loved that and then they were like, oh, well, we're working on an even better one that's biodegradable. And just yep. every concern that I had from an environmental, from everything, it was answered by them or they were headed in that direction. And every other company we've talked to hasn't, they've just been like, no, we make good food. We make good food and they're not seeing like the value that it can like worldwide yeah. help people. Yeah, it's, it's such a bigger purpose. So I'm not sure um, if you have to go that far. <laughs> no, this, was, this is excellent. How they're, important they're just such a great company. Yeah. Yeah, how important is eating for what you do, Dana? Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'm not currently competing, but honestly, like I'm probably in the best shape of my life I am now. Um, and even being a little bit more relaxed, but food is just top priority for me, like training wise, mentally wise, just in an all out, like functional wise, like if I'm not eating correctly like I don't feel good and I'm not gonna mentally function as well but yeah like if you're a competitive 
bodybuilder, powerlifter, uh, CrossFit, food has so much to do with how your training goes. Like, do you think it's, it's more important than training? Uh, I, I mean, they always say abs are made in the kitchen, but uh, you can train no matter how you train. Is if your diet's not on point, then there's like no point. <laughs> like you're only going to get so far. Like it, I would say it's 80, 80 to ninety percent all diet. Training is very important, but but if your diet's not on point, like you're you're never going to reach the potential and the goals that you're trying to get. My final question is: I want to talk to you about the fitness space right now because just being in entertainment and sports myself for over a decade now, to see what has happened in the explosion in the fitness space in general is incredible. From your perspective, what are you guys seeing and? How have you been able to really embrace what we've seen in terms of the expansion of fitness and where do you think it's going? I mean, it's, I just feel like it's at its all time high and it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Like I, I started in the gym 16, 17 years ago and that's not that long ago. It, It feels like an eternity, but that was like a time where girls didn't really lift weights they did cardio so like I was looked at this like weird freak like what are you doing you're going to turn into a man uh aren't you afraid like you're just not big arms and it, it wasn't it was like a weird phenomenon and now it's like it's weird if you don't go to the gym in my opinion like it, it it's odd to me it's such like it should it's more part of people's lives now than it ever has been yeah, and I think that's that's partly thanks to places like, you know, everybody makes fun of Planet Fitness and a bunch of gyms yeah. like that, that they make an effort to make you feel comfortable. Um, I mean, even I was talking to my creative director today, and he just hired a golf coach that prescribes, and part of it is lifting weights, you know? And it's like, golf has always been so separate than lifting weights and strengthening. It's been about technique and swing. And now all of a sudden he's on a program where he's strength training to swing a golf club. And it's, 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 it's going into everything. You know, I think that everyone's getting, everyone's getting bigger. Everyone's lifting more basketball players are getting more in shape. Um, and the one thing that I've seen is there's just so much, it's sort of scary, but sort of awesome is there's so much information out there and with so much information out there, I think there's so many opportunities for people to take advantage of people, which is sort of scary. Um, and, you know, sell them things that they don't need. And, you know, just, I don't know. I, I, that's, that's a great thing is there's so much information, but that's another problem is there's so much information. So you have to like meander through it by yourself and try to figure out, but the, the end of the day is, is whatever makes you feel good and makes you happy that that's the right choice, whether that's the food you're eating, obviously you should choose like good food, but like that goes as training because there's no wrong or right way to train. But the only right way to train is the, the training that you're going to enjoy so that it's long lasting, that you're going to do it forever. Don't do something. Don't just pick a certain style of training because you think it's the best. You don't like it because you're never going to stick with it. And that goes with food as well. Like don't choose foods that you don't like. You don't have to eat tilapia and asparagus for every meal. Like I, I haven't had tilapia in 10 years. And like choose foods and type of training that you enjoy, and then you will continue to do it the rest of your life, hopefully. 
This was awesome, guys. Congratulations on all that you've built and are building. You guys are definitely leaders in the space and it's really awesome to see. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much for having us. All right, that was Dana Lynn Bailey and Rob Bailey. Just incredible stuff, man. I am so addicted to fitness and nutrition. And I know you guys have heard me talk a ton about this on the show, but I work out pretty much every day, although nothing like Dana Lynn Bailey's workouts, but love their relationship with Trifecta Nutrition. We actually also are partnered with Trifecta Nutrition, and I absolutely love, they are the number one organic meal delivery service in America. They've sent me meals. It is some of the best stuff imaginable, and it's super healthy for you, high protein. Absolutely love it. And I think Dana Lynn and Rob did an incredibly great job and helping people understand why meal prep can be such an incredible tool in your toolbox. All right, folks, that was another episode of Endless Hustle. Make sure to subscribe, to rate, to listen, you know, all the good stuff. Make sure that I and we feel loved. Follow us on social media. Endless Hustle on Twitter is at Endless Double underscore Hustle. On Instagram, at Endless Hustle Pod. On Instagram, I am at It's Me, Arthur Cade. On Twitter, at Arthur Cade. We are back next week with two huge episodes. Thank you as always for listening. This was an incredible week of guests and we covered we covered the gamut. Acting, music, fitness, marketing, you name it. Podcasting, we pretty much talked about it all. And I think you guys are going to be really happy with our guests next week. All right, Endless Hustlers, thank you for always listening and watching. We will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Later. Later.